Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. number five so we're i'm here and i'm very privileged to be here in the pete whittaker's house so uh and it's early in the morning is it like nine nine o'clock i had to get up half past nine i had to get up early to get here pete lives in this like palatial mansion it's just uh he's got climbing holes that run from one side of his open plan house to the other and there's there's a sex swings (laughs) there's everything in here (laughs) Actually, it's a, actually, it's probably just the most. I want, no, I was going to say it's like a. I won't say anything disparaging, but it's uh, it's exactly where you'd imagine a climber from Sheffield to be living. Really, it's in this tiny little box yeah. on top of a hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I chose a hill because of because uh, of the flooding in Sheffield. Oh yeah, because yeah. I, I used to I used to live about five hundred meters away, like over mm. in Mearsbrook, the, in the Mews. This is the Muesli Belt, isn't it? This area. I haven't yeah, the muesli belt. Oh, it's muesli here. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, so oh, yeah. so give me a really shit cup of tea with some kind of lactate from a from a bean or something. Has some kind of weird, you know, yeah. what's it called? Pressed oats. Pressed oats. Oats, oh, whatever. Oats. Watery oats. God, like, if you don't drink proper milk, I reckon you'll be ten times better. So I, I, maybe we should start this. I had, a, I had an interesting thought this morning. Yeah. So I said to Pete this morning, should I bring you a cup of tea? Uh, good job I didn't because you would have been like vomiting because it would have real milk in it <laughs> and uh, remember this story you might have heard this story before but like Johnny Dawes the uh, the not like not you know, not late but still great Johnny Dawes he, he used to be friends with Al Rouse the mountaineer Al Rouse he used to live in um, Nether Edge somewhere and Johnny used to just go around to his house and he would let himself in and he would just and he would like make a cup of tea and he would go upstairs and he'd like jump into bed with Al Rouse. I don't, I don't think anything went on, but he used to jump into bed with Al Rouse. And Al Rouse was always away. And Al Rouse eventually died on like K2, was it 1984 or something? Anyway, so he eventually died. But he was always going away on trips. So then so when he was back, like Johnny would go around, let himself in, make two cups of tea, come upstairs. So so one day, like Johnny heard that Al Rouse was back from like an expedition. So he went out to his house. Uh, like opened the door like early in the morning, went in, made these two cups of tea, like went upstairs, opened the door. And when the door opened, there's these two terrified looking strangers sat in Al Rouse, laid in this, this uh, Al Rouse's bed. And Johnny was like, <laughs> didn't know what was going on. And what I didn't realise was like Al Rouse had sold his house. Um, when, well, get into the house? While he'd been away. Because the door was, then were the days, oh, the right. 80s, you know, we didn't lock our doors. <laughs> so these two people just had this person downstairs 
making cups of tea and knocking around and then there was like Johnny Dawes standing there so <laughs> classic yeah so I, did, I didn't want to I didn't want to do that I thought I'd avoid you know I thought I'd just knock on the door instead yeah you can't come in the front anyway oh, so yeah. you would have had to I don't know pick the lock on the side yeah there's loads of like Argos magazines and yeah, Argos exactly. catalogues <laughs> piled against the front door yeah it looks like it looks like a I guess the Pesci Shea house where there's another man I guess it is. Yeah, I can yeah. just sort of tell. You know. <laughs> it's not got that woman, very sexist. You know, that's not the woman's, t- that woman's touch. Has it not? No. no. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not sexist if it's true, so. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so what, 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 what do you want to talk to me about? <laughs> I don't know, you've, you've come here. You've come here, you ask me. I don't know, what do you want to talk about? I, get, I don't know, lately. I don't like to think about these things. I don't think about it. I head too far ahead. Um, I guess... <laughs> I guess what I remember the I think the first time first time I actually properly met you like I'd, you'd, I'd seen you around oh my god there's Pete Whittaker oh my god you know and uh, I thought he'd be bigger you know that's have you ever I, I thought ever, he'd be bigger no do you ever, taller <laughs> you ever seen Roadhouse uh, with no. Patrick Swayze no we always have to have a Roadhouse reference in a lot of these podcasts but you need to go and watch are you one of these climbers who's never seen any television or films or anything I don't have a television no I don't watch television and mm, I've I've seen a few films, but I'm not much of a film or no. television. Person, do you get like just, so. do you get easily distracted? Do you have to go and do some pull ups or something? Uh, no, it's it's not that. I just uh, I just always feel like I have something else to do. And what's your favorite so, film? Favorite film? Oh, Frozen. Uh, no, that's Tom's favorite film. <laughs> Tom loves that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's got kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's your favorite film? I'm asking the question. <laughs> yeah, you answer. <laughs> Um, mm. if you're on a plane and it's like oh great look look this film's on yeah I'd just go for the I'd just go for the new ones I'd just, go for, I'd just go for the new releases yeah yeah so <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter what there is are you going to go, go see the new Star Wars film um, probably not no is no. it what you is yeah, it the one is it a new Star Wars film huh is this what you say is it a new Star Wars film no is there <laughs> no but is there yeah I don't, oh is there yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> No, <laughs> I probably won't go and see it though. So this this is actually telling us a lot about your character. That's interesting. But we'll get to this later on about who, why you are who you are. But the, so so I used to yeah. So in so in Roadhouse, you know Patrick Swayze is this like try and make some time to watch Roadhouse. Maybe I'll send you it on. It's on Netflix. We have got telly, so you get watch mm-hmm. it. But try, next time when next time you're in nowhere, I bet in in Roadhouse Roadhouse is probably really big in nowhere. It's probably called like Roadhausen or something. <laughs> So um, so when you go there, they'd be like, ah, Roadhausen, and uh, but they're not German. So but anyway, in Roadhouse, whenever Patrick Swayze is this like really kick-ass guy who's like kung fu Zen master kind of person, um, he uh, every time people meet him, they're like, oh, I thought you'd be bigger. Like every time someone meets him, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's what you thought. Every, you? Yeah, I, was, oh, God, I thought you'd be smaller. Do you know when people are like, like Leah Holding, they're, they're, they're always like 16 years old, mm-hmm. or like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, you know, you imagine he's always this like young lad, and then, but you forget that he's actually growing, you know, like, <laughs> he's actually growing at the same age that you, that you are. Like, how old are you now, Leo? It's like uh, 35. You're like, what? But you only were only like 16. How old is he now? 30. Is he getting. F- must, must be getting, getting towards 40. 40. Yeah. 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 It's midlife crisis time. Mm. <laughs> and uh, everyone seems to have a midlife crisis at the moment. Um, I bet you know, I bet you will have one. A midlife crisis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't seem the type. 
when does it hit and what is it <laughs> give me give me a briefing so, <laughs> so it doesn't happen <laughs> um so yeah patrick swayze thought you'd be bigger yeah so <laughs> so i'd see i'd seen you around like oh my god that's pete whittaker and then i guess there's that there's a point in any sport where there's all these like young whippersnappers who were like pushing the limits aren't they and there's the old guard who are like, I wasn't, I wasn't the old guard, I was working the shop probably. There's all the old guard who were like, oh, in my day, we didn't have chalk or we didn't have cams and all mm-hmm. that kind of bullshit. And, uh, and it, but they seem to then like thin out. Like some of them just stop climbing, do mm-hmm. other things. And some of them just have this like sustain and keep on going. So if you think of like Leo, you had like Patch and you had all these other climbers. Yeah, yeah. They were still doing it, but they're just doing they're not doing it to the same yeah. degree. And they're doing other things now, I guess. As well, yeah, they? they start to surfing or yeah. get a girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> or, or get a boyfriend, you know, which is a girl. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, trying not, I'm trying not to be one of these people. I'm trying to uh, not correct my thoughts all the time when I'm speaking. Yeah. But like, oh, I just said, what's wrong? Like I, said, I had a photograph the other day and I said this, I did an, an illustration. I said, this was like two guys humping. And oh, yeah, then, I saw that. Yeah, and someone was yeah. like, what's wrong with that? And I was like, oh. I, I, I automatically was like, oh, as long as they're consenting adults. And I was like, fuck it, like, who cares? Like, it just, it's just a picture. Anyway, so, <laughs> oh, getting off. It's too early in the morning for doing this. But, so you, you were someone who, like, I remember, like, watching you doing, like, Baron Greenback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was just like, you know, I was just like, I'm not really a rock climber, but I was just like, Fucking hell! Like that is in that is someone, like just this amazing. I don't know if talent's a talent is it talent. I think talent is one of his words that actually encompasses like huge amount of stuff. But it was just like this, uh, this this kind of desire, not a desire. You're just gonna make this thing happen, mm. like this sheer force of will. You may not you <laughs> know you've got it, but it's just this. It's this ability to to sort of warp time and space <laughs> and make something happen. Like you are going to get that hold or you are going to stand up on this thing. And I think that, re- that that's probably the thing that separates like great climbers from, from shit climbers, you know, but, you know, from really great climbers are these ones like, you know, Jerry Moffat, this thing that someone told me Jerry Moffat, you know, he always made everything look really hard, no matter how easy it was. Like you just like, but you had to like almost like rip him off the rock because yeah. he was just like, and uh, and Alan like Alan Mullen remember telling me this route it was like a grade eight Scottish mixed route. He was like you'd literally have to want to jump off to fall off it, you know. But anybody else would be really struggling on it. But this this mentality of just like I I I can do this. I'm going to do this, and there's no like doubt. So I remember seeing that and like wow, that yeah, that's that. This is someone who's got like this is like some some kind of superhuman talent here. I don't want to make you all blush over everything else. <laughs> But then, uh, and then I watched like Wide Boys, and then I was when I watched Wide Boys, I remember thinking that that in a way, like Tom, Tom was like the grafter, like he is like in a way you can you can relate more to Tom because Tom might have huge amount of talent and everything else, but you're but you're so talented and so effortlessly talented 
but it just makes him look a bit shit. Even though he's doing the same things that you're doing, but he looks like he's always struggling to like. Tom is a grafter. Yeah, but he, does, but, he, he works hard. But he's, he really puts the thought in. He puts mm, in the pro. It's, it's part of the I process. Think yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Well, you yeah, just seem to like wander off. You know, you like pick up. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Pick up a guitar and you just like like Jimi Hendrix. Like oh, no, no, my fingers are too fat for the guitar anyway. <laughs> it's awful. I press all the strings. It's yeah, can't, can't do it. So yeah. so so watch that film, and I was like. I really like like if you if you if anyone's not seen White Boys, you should watch it. But it's such a great it's such, it's probably one of the best films of that of that period, I think, because it just has this amazing British kind of shit shitness in it. In it's just you know these two guys in a cellar, you know, like just making it's like it's like a, it's like the, um, what's that thing Full Monty or something? Oh yeah, like a climb Full Monty. It's just like this kind of like. The underdog, which I think British people like. Mm. In fact, people people find the underdog where you fail, you know, but you give it a good go. They don't like it when you succeed. It's a bit like that. It's a bit, bit up themselves to actually get, you know. And <laughs> I think all, all the, um, like full Monty, I reckon they all were done for like benefit cheating, you know, and then lost the, lost the benefits and went, we're all homeless afterwards, after the film had finished. But I remember watching that film and like going, like, this is like the perfect film, the way it's, the way it's constructed and the the characters and you go there and you do it and uh, I just remember that brilliant bit where Stevie Haston is one of the most terrifying human being in the planet and that you know to begin with it's like you can just see this like he really fucking hates you like he's like you know and then at the end he kind of gives you like a, a half-hearted congratulations <laughs> um, but I remember watching that and then I think I think you emailed me sometime and you were like I want to do a I want to get into like speaking or something mm. so we went, so I met you down at the work, workstation mm. in Sheffield and I was like I think I was like really blown away like how you're the most like humblest man you know it was like it, was like, it wasn't like it was like when when you know when, when's he when's he coming and you're like no I, that's that's me you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Pete and um and how I think it, it's, it's how little you seem to realize how talented you are this is this is like a fucking blow job this 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 uh it's like isn't it no but you are you are like you, know, you meet people and they have so much talent and i've met other i think i met a few people at the same time like tessa lyons and people like that mm. who were like really really talented but they just didn't seem to get it you know they're like working in a coffee shop yeah, yeah and they were like this brilliant person who who would only really fully fully um engage and and this with this talent when they just engage with it yeah but yeah. it was just like a sideline like oh yeah i'm a you know i'm a tree surgeon mm. and i do rock climbing as well like, yeah. like like i remember saying to you how do you make a living and you're like like how much money do you get from patagonia and you're like i don't get any money from patagonia and i was like what like you were like probably one of the top climbers in the, in the world at the time and you still are like in terms of exposure and what mm. you're doing and you weren't getting like really any support from you got some money from like Want to go to finances yeah. <laughs> from well from wild country or whatever. But remember, I like, just just being like, just get. I think I just forget about the public speaking. You know, yeah. just focus yeah. on what yeah. you're really good at. And uh, and I think it was. I think you were saying I'm going to go to. This is this is just a podcast where I'm talking for yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just we'll get, we'll get just, to it in a minute. Yeah, you remember just... a few words anywhere, but. Um, yeah, I think you. I was like, "What are you gonna? What are you gonna? What's your plans?" And you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to Yosemite in like two years' time or something." It was something, <laughs> and you're just like, "What are you doing, Pete?" So, well, you you seem to you have to like smash your head against the table, you know. You seem to have sorted yourself out a bit more. Is that is that is that true? 
So that's the question. That's a lot of question. Have you sorted yourself out? Do you realise how talented you are? Yeah, well, I guess I guess from when yeah when I first met you then that must have been probably when I was twenty three or something. Was that two thousand fourteen maybe? Yeah, it was, it was it was a while back, but yeah, I was I was still doing I was still doing tree surgery work and I was still doing root setting work and I was still trying to like mix it in with doing like hard objectives and hard climbing and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then I think over the over the last. Uh, over the last five years, uh, more more stuff has picked up with my climbing, and then I've gradually been able to sort of drop the other things. But I, I never actually went. I never actually went like, oh, now I'm now I'm gonna like now I'm gonna be a professional climber <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever. Uh, it was it was more just like a, a a gradual thing. And like two and a half years ago, at this, I think at the start, yeah, like at the start of the year or something, I just said, oh, I'm not gonna do any more tree surgery work anymore. And then when you cut something out, actually, like you, like other things come your way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and then you're able to say yes to things. And then when you say yes to things, then you know you get more things from that. And then, and then at the end of last year, because uh, I was still doing root setting up to the end of last year. Then to the end of last year, I was just like, oh well, I'm going to stop root setting now. So it was it's actually only this this year where it's been um, everything I've done has been fully related to my climbing yeah you know, and how, how old are you now uh, tw- uh 28 yeah 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 um so it's that yeah it's actually only been that one year so it's been more, more of like a gradually um stopping doing the things that you would class as more normal jobs yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then going into the things which you would class as uh not quite as normal uh, but just like picking up things along the way do you think, um, do you, think you, li- do you think you're living life like on your terms like you're not you you're doing it very gradually, you know. You're very uh, conservative in the way you're approaching it, aren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess I'm probably um, uh, I'm probably just quite careful. I don't really. I do jump at things, but I don't. But I like think about it first. Like my sister was a teacher, and she had she really hated it, and uh, and she just there were only one of these schools where the it's a great school and suddenly you get a new head and everything just falls apart and she was so stressed. And I remember saying to her, like, uh, just give your job, just, just give, your, give your job up and jump and the net will appear. And I said it's a joke, like jump and the net will appear. And then she gave her, <coughs> give her job up and she ended up getting this, probably even a worse job, but she likes it. Fishing but, job. Uh, <laughs> in a fishing, fishing shop. And um, but I remember I saying like about four years later, like, oh yeah, when you said like jump and the net will appear, like, I really thought that was like that's what I had to do. And I was like, I was joking. It's like one of these things you see on a poster in a crap motivational thing. But maybe so. I guess you're maybe jump- you were joking to me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah. Yeah. But maybe yeah. you're, maybe you're jumping. But it's like how well's the net attached and what kind of net is it? Yeah. You know, like you're. You know, you see, I've, I've, been gra- I've been I've been gradually jumping. It's been a very, very well, slow. It's a, it's a slow jump. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those slow motion things. The camera's been on slow motion. Yeah. Because I guess some people do make that. You know, if you're a fil- you want to be a filmmaker or you want to be yeah. a writer, and they go like a hundred percent into it, mm. but they have none of the they've done none of the groundwork, and eventually they just run out of money or they just fail mm. and they have to go back to a, another job. Where, yeah. Like, can you, can you pay your mortgage just via climbing? Yeah. Of this beautiful house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all all the other stuff I do as well. Like, um, I've been doing these crack school coaching, and I've started up doing this white boys business and yeah. sell, selling those things and, um, and doing some more speaking work actually as well. Yeah. Um, 
Damn. So I think I think sort of like yeah, I think sort of like everything combined. Um, yeah. And then along with some better sponsorship deals and yeah, and, and all that kind of stuff. I bet you're a disaster when it comes to like getting sponsorship. Like you probably go for the meeting and they're like, like we're gonna give you fifty quid, and you're like, oh really that much? Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm worth it. You know. <laughs> Um, so when you meet like American climbers, you know mm-hmm. American climbers like diff- differently. I think when I was sponsored by Patagonia, I used to get like I think like two thousand euros a year or something. Mm. And then I met someone like someone in America, and I I didn't even know who they were, and they were getting like twenty thousand. Mm. And you just realise that the the just like living in the US or living somewhere else, it's so different. Yeah. But yeah, I think the UK is a, it's a massive market, outdoor market, and I think they do actually exploit climbers and people especially people where they're like if you're just a great climber like i don't i don't see why you should sponsor someone just because they're a good climber yeah but when they have but when they're a really good ambassador mm. for your brand and for climbing like you're like a you're like the perfect like you've not got any sexual assault charges you've not got any <laughs> you know drug addictions or anything else you don't spite a lot of you know you're a very safe pair of hands for a brand and you know i think i think I think I think it's always been that way in Britain. You can just get away with it. Like we'll give you some free clothes, mm. you know, which the value to the brand is like tiny. You know, they're they they you're doing them a favor by wearing their clothes, not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. And I think yeah, I remember like in the eighties, John Dunn and people were saying about we have to have like a form a union of climbers. Mm. And I think maybe that, maybe that maybe those days are coming back again, really, because I think we have this this misapprehension that oh. Outdoors stuff, it's not it's not a big market. Well, I think the UK is one of the biggest markets in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The UK, Germany, I think, places. I think for me, um, I, I've sort of just like built it up over time. So, yeah. um, and I haven't been really like jumping from brand to brand. Yeah. And I've sort of, you know, I've been with Patagonia since I was like 16, 17. Yeah. And, I'm, and now I'm 28. That's like, I'm getting on for 10, well, it's over 10 years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like same with wild country and yeah like same with five ten stuff and um i think i've just i think yeah like britain compared to america probably in terms of some of the sponsorship deals that you can get i always feel like yeah i always feel like it's maybe a little bit easier in the states yeah yeah potentially because uh, you meet but, some of those really some of those really good climbers in america and they own like they'll, they'll give this kind of zen like oh i sleep under a tree but they actually own like four houses, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. so they're making like a, sh- a shit ton of money, and often they're not as good as you know. You're going over there and you're besting what they're doing, but you just you never really know what anybody's getting though, do you? Because nobody really talks about it. So. No. Um, but I think, but I think for me, I've sort of like built it up over time, and I've built a good relationship up with the, the brands yeah. that I've worked with, and um, you know, I sort of trust them and they trust me, and it's not like I've just said like. I'm going to be a professional climber and then being like contacted this brand and then being like, I want 10 grand a year. I want 20 grand a year. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's actually just been like a little bit, a little bit at a time and yeah. then gradually like filtering out the other work Yeah, yeah. and then gradually building up that. And it's never been, it's never been like punching in with like massive figures. It's gradually just like, does it also allow you to like step back? Cause you know, if you like it, so I think the modern, when I talk to my kids about how, not you, my, ch- my child, when I talk to, to my kids about how to make a living in the future, I, I always tell them you have to be more like a hunter gatherer. You can't be this like, this single, you know, you, you have this one skill. So my, mm. my daughter's doing like maths at university, mathematics, yeah. math, maths at <laughs> university. And, and I would like to say like, just 
like, yeah, you're really interested in t- statistics, but your brain is like an engine and you just have to, you can apply that engine to anything. Mm. And you don't think yourself, I'm going to go and get this like public service job in statistics. <laughs> and um, and that's it. You have to know like a thing more like a hunter gatherer. So like for you now, if you know if suddenly like Patagonia went bust or whatever, or mm. the climbing hole business you know went <clears> down, <throat> you you have all the you can actually just go somewhere else. Yeah, I feel, I feel, from, yeah, I feel like I have lots of different things going on, and also like try like trying out lots of different things. So if somebody if somebody says like come and do this or or try this, whatever it might be, then. Um, I'm kind of sort of like keen to just give it a go yeah. and see what and see what happens. <laughs> it's like um, with uh, I'm I'm actually doing like a full speaking tour with speakers from the edge. All oh, right, oh yeah, this, that, yeah, yeah, th- yeah, this year. Um, and I've d- I've done like a lot of speaking over the last few years now. Yeah. Um, but like that that would be that would be something. A yeah, bit, yeah, a, a little bit new, and yeah. it would be like I'm kind of psyched, and it'll be good. You really? Um, the, I think I think you're one of these you're. I read this. I read this joke about uh, Ben Moon to somebody. Like I was just hanging around with all these really fucking, you know, like intense people. You know, like at this, you know, go to a film festival. All these like really intense people, mm. really artistic. And then Ben Moon like wanders in, and I was like, you could like put. I think I actually told him actually. So hopefully, if he listens to this, I'm not being <laughs> offensive. But I said you could basically you could basically scribble Ben Boon, Ben Moon down onto a post-it note because he is exactly who you think he is mm. there's nothing there's no stuff going on you know I'm not, not not in a negative but he is just like a very he always seems like a very stable person mm. and I think you're you're kind of the same <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a big it's quite a big post in that <laughs> but no but you you are you are exactly who who we think you are with us the, the general public like when we meet you at the crag you're not like oh I met Pete and I really like this video but he was a bit of an asshole when I met him. Like you mm. are, like you are who you, you are. What you are on the what it says on the tin. Because <laughs> there are there are people where you where someone says, "Oh, have you ever met X climber?" And like, yeah, yeah, everyone loves him till they meet him. And it's mm. kind of true, really. Like some people, they're very good at like projecting this this version of themselves. Yeah. And I think, but when you go on, the, I think when you go on the stage to be yourself, yeah, is so important. Yeah. Some people are so bad at it, like. You know, I've got, got I've got some yeah I've got some few few ideas. You must have seen there. some. I've seen some. I've must have seen some bad. I've seen bad slideshows and things in your time. To... Um yeah, I've been I've been to, uh yeah I've been to like a whole bunch of slideshows and you know they've all been good a mixture of good and bad. Yeah. But, um, uh, it's been good to like obviously it's good to go into like um, not so good ones as well because then you sort of yeah. pick up on like. What, what, what not to do? <laughs> I remember, I remember then, seeing yeah. Hazel Finley do a slideshow in a Kendall Film Festival, and I remember like emailing afterwards and saying like, "Oh, just as a as a, as soon as my job is like helping people do slideshows, I'm doing slideshows. Uh, I wonder if you wanted some like some feedback." And she was like, "No, I don't want any feedback." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and I thought I thought like I thought kind of fair enough in that she want she wanted to find her own way, mm. what worked, and some of it was like. Don't have like slides on a white image or whatever, or there's yeah. just little things that get all your just get all your images like super solid, you mm. know, and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, and I think she has like she's like found you know found her own way of way of doing it, and yeah. uh, and I, I really I, I think that's interesting is is just sometimes when you're offered advice, sometimes it's like don't tell you know it's like sometimes it's like their ego like don't tell me how to do it, and other times it's like. I'll just work. I'll just work it out. It's yeah, just, I think I think you just got to take um, things from 
that you see from everybody and then sort of apply it to yourself but yeah do it you can be like Tony Robbins you go on there like kung, doing kung fu I mean, I mean yeah I mean, you, you just got to do it in your own way and what you're comfortable with doing haven't yeah you? because if you try and do it like somebody else yeah and you're not comfortable with doing that yeah, yeah. Then, uh, then it's gonna be a bit crap, isn't it? What's that? What's Probably. that? What's that word? Um, when you're uh, genuine, that's the word for genuine. When you're, it's a big thing these days. When you're swamping someone, they want to be like bona fide. Like, I've got such bad word word memory stuff. What's that word? <laughs> when you no idea. What's that word? When you can't remember words. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, but I think yeah, I think you have that again. Another another compliment. We'll get we'll get to the stuff where I like break you down later on, like yeah, yeah. fucking idiot. So um, so what was what was, so so you so you seem to have sorted out your uh, so you so you're in a good you're in a good place. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it. Last year, I would say has been, um, that's been a really good year. It's in, in terms of both like, personal climbing, yeah, um, and in terms of. Like all the, all, like I was saying, all the jobs and all the other things that go around climbing. Yeah. And I think both have um, been the, like the best year in what I've ever done. I mean, yeah, yeah I've like brought a book out as well. So that's quite cool. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't talk us. <laughs> you know, it's like when I'll be on Russell Harty, you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I just want to talk about my book. Yeah. I'll bring out an album. We're, yeah. yeah. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I, I guess the, so I, I only saw your book like two, uh, two days ago, first time. And uh, it kind of proves it proves my point about this engine. Like you're actually one of these people where as soon as you apply whatever you whatever's in that head that post it note brain of yours, <laughs> like you're you're one of these people who's is probably good at bloody everything. You're really annoying. Like you're just like oh yeah, I've plumbed all I did all the electrics in my house, but I did I've never done it before. But the but your book, like I think it's already pretty successful, even though it's not come out yet. I think they've sold. Shit, yeah. loads, shit loads of copies of it yeah it's come yeah, out in america it's so it's a yeah. cold crack it's just called crack climbing, crack climbing. Yeah, nothing nothing fancy because there yeah. is also there's another i remember what ages ago you were like yeah we, ideas we, we write, spoke about it writing yeah. a book about crack climbing yeah. and i was like being negative i was like oh there's already a book called crack so that's quite useful that because i didn't well I, would, I think i would have found it anyway but, yeah there's, um, a, there's another really good but i think all these things like i a, a book just come out a big wall climbing book mm. and you never ever think like oh someone else has done it i won't do it yeah yeah totally because yeah. there's like lots of books yeah. about shagging or like about love <laughs> and there's lots of poor you know but there's like plenty of it out there so but yeah i remember saying like oh there's another book about crack climbing and it's like super detailed but then when i saw your book like you've just taken it you've just taken it to the next the next level where John Barton is like, I don't understand anything he's talking about. <laughs> but but you know, it's like he's like gone to like the atomic level of crack climbing. Yeah. And uh, so crack climbing is weird, isn't it? Because it's not really. It is like an art, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably why um, that it's it's very like a technical um, form of climbing. I think. Yeah. And uh, well, it's like it's like when I've been doing these these crack climbing these crack schools. Um, you can see people who've never climbed on a crack before and they're not like strong or ama- amazing climbers but after an hour and a half of coaching they're like when you show them the technique and show how it works and explain how it works they can actually you know even just after an hour and a half they're just like up and what, what's up the and what's the, the big crack. mistake but don't what? tell anybody they're really <laughs> easy like <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the what's the big mistake people make the biggest mistake yeah um oh, somebody asked me this in a uh, a written interview actually recently um, and I said that it was it was actually a really common mistake when I'm teaching these these classes 
is that sounds really stupid, but people aren't actually putting the body part fully into the crack that they're trying to jam with. Right. You know, it's like hanging half out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then they wonder why they're sort of like falling out the crack and, you know, you try and do a hand jam and the whole hand isn't even in the crack. Yeah. You try and do an arm bar and they, um, they haven't got like... <laughs> they're not really thinking it like that way. Yeah. Be like, I think a bit like... You've done some ice climbing now, haven't you? It's yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, I think the big thing, mistake people make with ice climbing and mixed climbing... Yeah, you've got they your tips. They don't, they, don't, <laughs> they don't like fully weight their ice axes. You know, like when you're ice climbing, you almost be you need to be like hanging off your ice axes mm. to, to some degree. Yeah. You know, people are like really afraid that their ice axe is going to pull out. Mm. They never. They just it doesn't work. And I remember we met you because they're not like pulling down and they're sort of yeah like they're not like fully bit. weighted because yeah. they're just afraid it's going to pull out. Yeah. yeah. And often by not weighting it, it does pull out because it's kind of half half half, half engaged half. or whatever. Half and half. What's that thing of a committed foot never slips? That, Oh yeah, is that that's probably not true though, is it? Weighted foot never slips. Yeah, I, 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 I always like to think that's true, but that's probably not true. Not when you're on, not when your foot's next to your hand. No, no. Like, I remember, I remember meeting you in um, uh, Squamish, yeah. and, and uh, took you out for a fancy meal. Seems to remember. Did we? Oh no, I made you some. Did we get... I made you some sloth in the pan. <laughs> Um, no, I think you just thought I was I was lonely. Homeless, yeah, yeah. I was that lonely and homeless. I got squamish by myself. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have any friends. Oh, you also when you soloed, you soloed like three three routes in a day. Yeah, was, yeah. And that was like pre- pre- preparing for the for for El Cap. Yeah, you were turning yeah. up like Andy. How do you do this? How do you tie? <laughs> oh Christ! Please, I'd read your on. book though. Yeah, <laughs> I'd read your book by then. Three yeah. loads of that yeah. book. I think the first version of that book had loads of mistakes and it. Like the diagram didn't work. I think it was like a. Like a slippery hitch, and I think the diagram wasn't right, so people were trying to get it to work, and it wasn't, it wouldn't work. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that doing the illustration because you, you've done some illustrations as well. Is that people look at things like you just write, you just draw like a random knot, there's not actually a real knot, it's just, but just it's not important. Yeah, and people are like, yeah, what people are looking at it, yeah, like, oh, that knot, what kind of knot is that? And like, it's just a knot, it's not a knot, knot, and it's like, oh, yeah, but uh, so yeah, people, but like one line is in the wrong place, like yeah. one five centimetre line is in the wrong place and the whole thing doesn't work. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's pretty, anyway, so I remember meeting you and Vanessa was like learning to crack climb, mm. my wife Vanessa, and she was literally like in tears, like how can it be so, like a five, seven crack, yeah. how can it be so hard and like literally in tears? But it, it was amazing how quickly people just, you know, if you were doing like crimping up some overhanging, you know, limestone mm. wall, it would take you like months and months yeah. and months to get good at it. But within like two or three times, and I think maybe at my, at my level of crack climbing, I, I think the thing people forget is it's all about your feet. It's not about mm. the, it's not about your hands. So people often wear the wrong kind of, you know, like yeah, Vanessa totally. would wear like Anastasia yeah, to- Velcro. To- yeah, to- totally like, wearing the wrong size, the, uh, the wrong style of shoe. Yeah. You know, and they've got like their sport climbing downturns on. Yeah, and then yeah. And they're trying to, you know, it's like really high profile on the end of the foot and they're trying to get it in the crack and it's like <laughs> you know it's not good do you, do you see that like when you I guess the, I guess the, I think the book's going to become like one of these one of the those books that everyone's going to have and wherever you go people are going to know you about that book rather than about the, all the climbing I yeah, reckon maybe, I don't know you yeah. know you'd be like the crack, crack guy and the people oh Pete Pete, has this have a taped up right and have a what do you think a crap jam is and all, and all that kind of I'm, stuff? I'm quite psyched that I mean a lot of the um sort of more advanced techniques in the book, like they didn't really have any names, some of the things that I was describing. Yeah. So it was quite fun. I actually like had to make up yeah, yeah. a load of names. So I'm 
it'd be interesting to see in like two, three, four years time or something, whether you like you, whether you're out in Indian Creek and you just hear somebody like, Oh, so you like <laughs> you just get the trout tickler and then you <laughs> and then you move into a private pirate and <laughs> You know, and all this stuff. That'd be great. I'd love that. Because I'm writing this book about descending, abseiling book. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the same, exactly the same thing. It's like not names for things. Yeah. But you need to have a name for you it. And name, I, I yeah. got this thing called, I think it's called the Murphy Sling, which is just like a pre-built sling for when you're setting up abseils when you're, you know, separate from the abseil. And I just thought, like, basically, it's whenever, when all else fails, this has to work. I just called it like a Murphy Sling. And I thought it'd be quite funny if people started saying, like, Oh yeah, it's need to set the Murphy sling up, <laughs> yeah. and I tried to get away from using. The Why Murphy. did you call it Murphy sling? I, th- I think it was just like so it became like a thing rather than just a sling. It's like a it's actually a because th- you know like um is it pro is it the word protocol? Yeah, do you know this thing like last is the last person? There's a, there's a pro there's all these protocols mm. in the book, so one of them is like the the last pair you know you, there's always a backup for the first person, mm. so the first person down yeah. is protected. Yeah. And the last person takes up the backup, and it's called like lay par or something protocol. So try, so I tried to create all these um these things like a so like a like when I was when I started climbing, no one ever used a prusik loop mm. as a backup, and slowly it's got like wrap it around your leg. Yeah, or some, or some <laughs> shit like that, or nothing at all. If I mean knots in the end of it and, and the rope, and that's probably people used to get killed. Mm. And it's amazing how many people you meet now. Like it was at Krakow, like. Thomas, uh, Thomas Huber, and uh, like lots of people, and they're like asking about climbing accidents, and all of them were like absolutely off the end of the rope, mm. and somehow not dying. Or but then other people who die, people mm. who there's one person where his girlfriend ended up like paraplegic, absolutely off the rope, and then she committed suicide. It's like Christ Almighty! Like mm. why did it take us so long just to tie knots in the rope or or do a list of this simple kind of stuff? So um, so but I was trying to get away away from using the word prussic loop. Because it, when you're teaching someone, it's like, well, tie this, but it's not actually a prusik knot. It's like an auto block, which is a kind of prusik knot, but it's not a prusik knot. And also, it, I'm not going. It's not a loop. It's actually like a length of cord. It's like a strand of cord, and and it creates all this like confusion in, in non when you're trying to teach somebody. Mm. Because we know, like, our oh, user, you need to use a daisy chain, but it's not actually a daisy chain. It's actually a an adjustable sling which is more like a lanyard and blah 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 and so just trying to get just get down to the the a really basic way of describing everything mm. so i think it's called like a hitch cord or something or a but, but then you just find that it's just in the language it's so st- strong like some people call it like a third hand or a backup or and it's yeah some things get really ingrained in how you think of how we mm. do things without ever thinking about so you're like a day like a a classic uh, etria, like a yeah. ada, etria, yeah. ada, we call it. You know, it's the shape it is because it's how we used to tie it out of cut, out of tape. You know, because uh, yeah. and then someone started sewing them, but it doesn't need to look like that. It's just <laughs> that's how it was when we tied knots in it. But no one really thought about it. So like a, a ladder style is like the best way to do it. But you know, for like 20, 30 years, we had ones which were just just that shape because that's how you would sew them. How are they? How were they? they so were just so they were like so they were like step. You know, like. You know, like offset steps. Oh yeah, offset steps. That's that, the, that's like what I've got. Yeah, because that's just because that's how you tie it with a, with a piece of tape. Yeah, right. But I really want like a, a ladder one's much easier. You can step in it much easier. Yeah, yeah. The problem with those ladder ones is they crush crush it. Well, it depends if they have the yeah if you have the, the stiff, bar, the stiff bit, bar at the top. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but, but if like, they're proper. But, but it's like <laughs> so so maybe like so so going back to the language of something, 
Like, yeah, so when you say, like, tickling, trout. <laughs> the trout tickler. Like it's, like and it's, the light bulb changer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, so, it's, like, it's like so perfect. Yeah. Isn't it? Because yeah, it's yeah. Trying, to, trying to teach someone how to do something, especially when you're not there via, via you know, you're constantly checking yourself. Like I was saying, right, right in this morning, about if you have to descend on a piece of, like electron ladder because it covers everything about how to descend <laughs> so sometimes you go to places and there's like literally a piece of old electron ladder or there's a bit of like a bit of chain but literally like bike chain or mm. there's ch- bit of hose pipe there's all this you know the more you climb around the world the more you experience all this shit that's just like fixed on routes and you have you found and, bike chains yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like I'm an found, island you see like you'll see like I haven't found chains any bike chains on, on but, this, but you know you're trying you're trying to cover yourself like saying like fixed ropes generally don't snap when you when you're abseiling on them, and they're generally going to snap when you're dumaring on them, and also when you're abseiling on them, you can see where the damage is. But when you're going up, you can't see where the damage is, so they're more like anyway. But then you but then you try to cover yourself by saying, but sometimes they do snap, you know, and then <laughs> and then you and it's it's such a complicated just just the idea of a fixed rope, you know, coming down these mm. ledges of El Cap. You know, it's like really super complicated, but yeah. it's, it's just a bit of rope hanging down. Yeah. But then you know, people just abseil off the end of the rope because the rope was broken or blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So try it. So you can see why. Yeah. So crack climbing, it's just a crack and you climb up it. But yeah, like how many where? How many words is it? Uh, I think it's maybe eighty thousand. Yeah. Eighty five thousand. And it's like yeah, got lo- sure. shit loads of illustrations. It's, yeah, it's got lots of illustrations. I didn't actually do the illustrations. Um, yeah. Yeah, somebody else did them. But you dodged the bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not very well. It's lots of like hands and feet and yeah. body body parts, and yeah. I'm not very good at drawing that sort of stuff. So did it, did it go out to many people <laughs> to read? Oh, to read it before it yeah uh, went out. Um, no. no it was just it was just me so I basically wrote all the I just literally sat down and wrote all the text and I didn't actually refer to any other books or any other articles or anybody else's ideas that were out there yeah it was all just the knowledge yeah the knowledge that I've learned from going crack climbing yeah um and then just like condensed into that book. And then it was John, the editor at the Vertebrate, who who edited it all. So he so um, he was like the he was like the every every man, I guess. Like when he was reading it, he was does this make yeah, sense to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and he's he's also he's a climber, so, and he was the main editor, and then there were two other people who read it. Yeah. Um oh, interesting. Um but yeah, and I, I I didn't show anybody yeah. uh, the like my work before. Yeah. Uh, is it, are you embarrassed at all about writing the book or is it as it just does it feel like to suddenly just come out with this book was it was that a really great creative process or was it what made you start doing it uh no well i initially started doing it because um i was getting loads of questions after doing these like crack workshops yeah um I was getting loads of questions and then I was getting loads of questions through sort of like Instagram and, Here book. and uh, yeah, it's like, you can only answer so many and you can only answer like, yeah. So, so in depth. Um, and I was just like, Oh, it'd be, you know, I have all this information in my head yeah. and I feel like I know a lot more than what is already out there as well in yeah. terms of like uh, crack climbing, yeah. um, uh, content. I was just like, I'm gonna like put it all in a book. Yeah. Just like everything I know. Do you get a lot um, of questions about silent partners as well? 
yeah, I do get quite a few questions about <laughs> rope soloing actually as well. Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of questions about rope soloing. But to be honest, I don't really feel like I know that much. Uh, yeah, I have done a whole bunch of rope soloing, but to be honest, I don't really feel like I know that yeah. much about, it's a bit, it's about a, that. It's like one of those things where you... You're almost like I was on that. There was like a Facebook group, like rope solo yeah, Facebook yeah. group. I had to leave it because people were just so dangerous. Right. You know, I think you have to go through the process of learning mm. to to understand what you don't know, really. Yeah, I only really in rope soloing, I only really feel like I know how to do sort of like one system. Yeah. Just like the system that I've used. Yeah. To like free climb and rope <laughs> solo, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really feel like I know. And again, it's I like, mean, I would be able to do it, you know, if I was like going and climbing, like aiding a big wall yeah. and soloing it and hauling my bag and all that sort of stuff, then I would know, like I know how to do it. Yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, it's not like I have, I don't really feel like I have a great knowledge in it, but people still always ask me you loads like of it. questions. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're... I guess you're uh, people just want an answer though, don't they? It doesn't yeah, really yeah. matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete said this. <laughs> Peter, just hold on with your hand if you fall off. But even that, like rope soloing, again, there's like people send you questions, and what they mean is like top roping, soloing. You know, oh, right. Or, you know, oh, like you don't um, really fundamentally understand what you're even talking about. Sort of like uh, like on a fixed line. Yeah, right? like like uh, yeah, what do you call that? Plugging or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it, again, again, there's like millions of names. Like even there's that there's that knot you use, but it's probably got a different name. I, I, you know, you have these you have words in your head, but you don't know what they sound like. There's a, you know, like a like a mac, macre macre thingy knot. You know, not where you put a bite around something like a tree, and you like, like I call it, you call it a slippery hitch. And then when you pull them on strand, the knot comes apart. And you can pull it down. It's like so. There's some, 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 about, about like five names for this knot. It's like French have a different name for it. But it's, you know, like say you want to have on a tree, but you don't want to leave a sling. You just yeah. put a bite around, and then you tie it, tie the yeah, knot. Right. I don't just, know that. Just pull them on strand and it all comes apart. Oh, really? One strand's kind of kind of good. Right. No, and, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't know that one. Yeah, but like just coming up with like one name. Maybe mm. we should make a, a name up for it. <coughs> make a name up for it. Maybe yeah. we should make a name up for it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Ben's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not Ben goes first. <laughs> uh, Have you got any Whitaker moves? Is it like a Whitaker? Um, like... No, no. They're all to do with um, either food or animals <laughs> yeah like like the wide pony or, <laughs> or the donut jam or uh yeah like trout tickler <laughs> all that kind of stuff oh, so pirates so, 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 so pirate tickler, what does that look like uh tr- trout tickler is basically um it can kind of cover quite a few different jams but it's yeah. basically where you're jamming um one body part against another body part but it's usually like a sort of hand or a fist against a leg yeah or or like a finger. I remember doing once on a route, and um, uh, I had this hold in like a, a sort of um, a Gaston style. Yeah. And then the only way to make it work was to actually finger jam in the slot against my own finger jam. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like you finger to make the finger jam to make the hold work. You were actually using like a double finger jam, but the finger jams were fi- finger jamming against each other. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> We call that like a sardine tickler. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly smaller. These are t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, these <laughs> words, these names on. Yeah, yeah. And do, yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever like meet some of those really old, you know when you're like the really old time crack climbers, like in Yosemite or in like mm. Moab or wherever? Do you ever talk to them and do they have a different, How what's their relationship to crack climbing compared to you? Do they have 
Do you ever talk to all those old guys? Um, well, I've, I haven't actually met that many of I've met a few people, um, but I interviewed quite a, a lot of people for, for the book. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So I, I spoke to some folks on email. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting. Yeah, it was quite interesting speaking to some of them and um, some of the like stories that they came back with. Yeah. I like the one that uh, Peter Croft wrote. Yeah. Because um, he's a bit of a legend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just quite funny because he's... Uh, I ask everybody to like uh, tell an interesting or memorable story. Yeah. And he's talking about um, just going out and how he solos, you know, just like nonchalantly soloing this 512A finger crack or something. Um, and then uh, he gets this like bat in the crack and um, uh, it's it's like shouting at him basically yeah. and the only way you can get away from it is like carry on climbing but then this bat like carries on and uh f- follows him up <laughs> and then he gets to the top but um he can't top out on the route yeah. the only way to get down is to down climb oh, this like 12a route and uh it just goes into like how he's like oh a little bit nervous not about the 512a down climb of this finger crack uh, but about going past this bat again <laughs> <laughs> and whether it's going to like follow him back down so yeah it's I don't know. Yeah, it's quite funny speaking to these guys. Uh, that's so, yeah, that's they, something, they that's something you've never stories. You, you've never been like one of these like free soloing people, have you? I'm not. I'm not really into like yeah hard. They're like free Tommy soloing. Caldwell. We both like, sort of unique, really. You never seem to have gone gone down that path. Yeah, not. I, I mean, I have done um, free soloing, and I've done a lot of free soloing on Gritstone around here. Yeah, um, you've probably done quite a lot of routes where you were basically free soloing anyway, I guess. Yeah, and, and like that sort of, <laughs> that sort of thing. You just got a rope attached to you, yeah. <laughs> and it's more for yeah uh, mental <laughs> stability. Um, and I have done like some uh, like free soloing on some bigger things as well, but um, only like in very moderation and on easy ground. I, I never really feel like I want to try and push a standard yeah like a standard of free song i just i don't enjoy it does that does that um, come from having does that does that come from being a very like level-headed person because you know cause i always think about so i think you're kind of similar to like tommy caldwell in that i i i always think you've both as very stable stable people mm. where where other other people i could mention are probably less less stable and that manifests itself in the, how they climb and their, yeah. you know, how people engage with them. Yeah. Like, I, very I, mean, I, I, know, I know, like, some some people, like, some free soloists, they, they sort of, like, enjoy the feeling of climbing hard and free soloing hard. Yeah. But I, can't just, I just fucking hate that. Yeah. Like, it just feels awful. Yeah. Like, I don't mind it if it's, like, completely within your ability. Yeah. And it's, like, me free soloing something is, like, you know your everyday person walking up the stairs or something because yeah, you yeah. feel in control you feel comfortable yeah and the, like i don't have any problems with it but as soon as you start to like push the like push it where the consequence is like certain 50, 50. death well no certain death if yeah. you like for it's not just like on the gritstone crags where yeah because i've pushed it quite hard on the gritstone crags but it's not quite the same as like pushing it hard on bigger multi-pitch routes or anything um and Oh, I just don't like the I don't like the feeling yeah. in it at all. Do you think there's like an a, like a, an aspect of performance as well when people are soloing? Like um, they like people to see them doing it. Like Peter Croft is unusual. Like he probably solo shit no one ever knows he's done. Yeah, like, yeah, that's probably. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. But other people, it's like I remember. I remember like was it last two years ago? 
finally got around to doing Snake Dyke. Yeah. And you're on Snake Dyke and it was like, the good, I think the trick to Snake Dyke is turn up late. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody else is like going up there. But there's like literally a party on every belay mm. going up. And um, some guy like came past like soloing up and he just looked so sketchy. And like, why would you do it when there's so many people up there <coughs> who are dropping things and everything else? Yeah. And then there's someone else who... <coughs> The guy was soloing with his girlfriend, and there's that. Have you? You must have done snake like. I've not done it. All right, but no. there's, there's a, it's like a super. Like you literally would have to throw yourself off. Yeah. The kit, you know, it's like a via ferrata. But <laughs> via ferrata thing. It's just like w- walking up it. But there's like there's like one bit where you know if you're doing like a lot of slabs, slab climbing. Mm. You know when you do that one move on the slab and you're just like, oh, I'm not going to fall off. You have to tell yourself. Yeah. I just have to stand up, yeah. and then it's going to be a hold. So you've got to do this move, and then you realise actually a bolt there because you're so used to climbing in Twalmy where there's no bolt. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, actually, it's a bolt. That's easy. You just clip it. And you just stand up. But that's the only. That's the only bit. If you're soloing it, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. Dip, you know, my foot's not going to slip. Foot's not going to slip. Mm-hmm. And I just saw this woman like that heads like halfway on this move. What soloing? Yeah, soloing. Yeah. With the boyfriend was above her, like taking a also selfie. Soloing. Yeah, soloing. Yeah. Are they both? Yeah, and you're just like, okay, yeah. what are you doing? Like yeah. that kind of the ego thing of like, it's not. It's just. I think it's one of these things. You, it's kind of good to do it when no one's there. Like I was, mm. I always thought that was interesting about Uli Steck, how he would he would go and solo something without anyone knowing, mm. and then he would go back, and then he would like re re climb bits of it for camera or photographs. But he always had that out where he can just say like, "I'm not going to do it. I'm just mm. going to do something else." But I think that that act of like performance is kind of what is, you know, like even the L Cap thing, like it's kind of with, with you know soloing L Cap. There is that extra little bit of pressure when you've got Jimmy Chin and everyone else <laughs> fucking hanging up there, you know. You know, yeah, you can just say I'm not gonna do it, but there is that like oh I Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You ever that sort of evil can evil, like he when he jumped he went to Wembley Stadium and he uh they had all these buses, you know, to, he's gonna jump over all these London buses. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they had the, the, the ramp because it came all the way down from the side of the stadium, down and then up over these buses. And uh, when he came out, he looked down. And I don't think he'd ever seen it. <laughs> and he just looked down and he said, I can't do it. It's too far. And everyone was there, you know. Like, eh, evil, evil. And like, what are you going to do? He said, I'll just, have to, I'll just have to try. Yeah. And he went down. I think he crashed. But like, it's right. just that, it's like, well, everyone's here. I'm just going to have to try. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just strapped myself. I think when he w- went on his rocket car across the Grand Canyon, I think he was like, you know, 100% sure he was going to die. Mm. But he just did it because, you know, the t- TV cameras were there and, yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think there probably are quite a lot of um, solo climbers who, I mean, they just go out and just go soloing anyway, don't they? Yeah, it's not like it's not like there are people around. I think it's quite a normal thing to just do. To, I mean, just to go like have a yeah. have a circuit. Yeah, just, just to do them a, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always kind of wary when there's people around. I think you have that because it's always kind of hard, it's kind of hardcore to solo. You know, you see there's really you're really popular routes on El Cap on um you know like in Yosemite and there's like people like oh excuse me i just get can I just mm. can I just go, go past you and whatever and it always seems like daft daft really to me but maybe i'm getting old yeah <laughs> like on standard it's great when you're on the grid just like soloing all these routes yeah you know and it's uh but it's it's, it's much it is nicer when you're just by yourself yeah you, i don't know especially like um I know sometimes like I'll just go out one evening on the grit and just you know just do like a nice circuit of very easy climbs and ones that I know and you know just nip around them but you feel like sometimes you just feel like a bit of a 
douchebag. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, all I want to do is just go out and solve these routes, but it's really busy at the popular end. Yeah. It's not like I'm, you know, I've done these routes loads of times, but then you sort of feel like, oh, God, oh that's Pete Whitaker over there. No, no, but then you sort of feel like, oh, the, so, some of these routes are sort of um, like big lifetime goals for people. Yeah, yeah. And then you just sort of feel like, oh, I feel like a bit of a douche. Yeah. But, but all I want to do is just come out and do my circuit and then go home. <laughs> You're doing like flying <laughs> butchers direct with like a pot on your leg or something. <laughs> yeah, like Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you just sometimes feel like, oh, I wish, I wish there wasn't anybody else there. I, I, think, I, think, I, I think the second podcast I did was about staying alive. And I was talking about how we can like lead other people astray, like young climbers. Because mm. they see that, oh, well, I saw, I was on Spanish and Pete was soloing, mm. you know, you know, something and like oh you know that's what i need to be like yeah. but they don't they don't see the full picture of like who you are and what you've done and you've done the route like a million times you've done it 20 times on a rope or whatever mm. and uh and it's is that, is that and I, think, I think people are strong i think i always think like yeah so again i guess it's back back to like so you and tommy caldwell are like in my mind are really good uh ambassadors for climbing I think you're very you're very good ambassadors just as, as as people as well. But because I just think you're very solid. I always think you've got a very good um you see always you seem to have a very good foundation. And Tommy's the mm. same, isn't it, basically? Like he, yeah, yeah. He, he learned all the you know the thing about his dad said never never go ice climbing, never solo or something. And it's sort of stuck in his head and that's why he doesn't that's why he doesn't that's do it. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh and I think I think I think it is having that foundation. Again, it's this thing about knowing the you know the rules mm. and you know when you're breaking them. Yeah. But some yeah. people don't know the rules. Yeah, they don't maybe, know they're yeah. breaking them. Yeah. And they're... I think I've probably had quite a good, um, well, I did have a good sort of foundation when going out climbing with, with my parents and yeah. stuff. And they're very um, uh, sort of, uh, yeah, they like they like to be safe. Yeah. You know, but I, I, but I feel like some of the stuff we did when I was younger, you know, like going out and, and uh, doing some of these things. I mean, there was, there was some risk to it, yeah. you know, for them taking me and my sister wherever yeah. we went and doing these things. You know, there is some certain yeah. amount of risk to doing it. But I always feel like uh, the risk was managed in a safe way. Yeah. And I think that's probably like one of the things that I've learned yeah, from, yeah. from being younger and, and with my family. Like, you know where the line is? is in the way. I like to I like to think I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hope I like to hope so, but I mean for sure I've definitely done like dangerous things. Yeah. Like definitely really dangerous things. But I like to feel like I've managed the risk so that they become less dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <Do you> know? <laughs> but yeah. Also yeah, so there so there is yeah. There is that lesser risk I, I used to, it's, risk is a really weird it's, it's weird that we have this idea of a line like I'm always wary of creating these like models in our head that are like a fixed idea like you know people say like oh how are you feeling like oh, I'm like oh I feel like 80% good or something mm. like like really a human being is like a, an ink you know when you pour ink onto water it's just or, you know, oil onto water it's this constantly changing thing Mm. Is what is you define yourself? I define danger as a line. It's kind of dangerous because that line is like ten miles wide yeah. or something, and you're like a, a, a millimeter, like in the middle of it or something. But uh, but I, I think when you, you know, when you 
going around like in Sheffield today you see like people cycling mm. with their kids on the back yeah. in a little trailer yeah. but for me that's more dangerous than like taking your daughter rappel cap or whatever yeah but it, but they're the way they see the risk is maybe different so yeah I think everybody sees it differently don't yeah. they? so yeah, often climbers can be super risk averse people who think oh this person does dangerous stuff therefore they're they take lots of top take lots lots of risks. Often it's the opposite where we're yeah. At. Well, I, I actually just wrote an article about um, danger and risk. All oh, right, yeah. Who, who which, for? Uh, it was for um, Rock and Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Another plug. Oh, you're but, getting them all in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's I think there's a there's a big difference between you know uh, a dangerous climber and a risky climber. Yeah. You because know, you can have a you can have a, a a dangerous climber who's not taking much risk yeah but you can have you know a risky climber who is very dangerous yeah <laughs> <laughs> you see what i mean yeah, yeah. and you can have like the uh the like a, a top climber who's doing who's doing really dangerous things but doing them safely yeah um and what is perceived as being really you know really hard and what people might see as actually being very risky yeah but they're not actually doing it in a very risky way yeah whereas you could actually go to somewhere like uh, Stanage on the weekend and then see people taking much higher risk. Yeah. Um, unaware but, of it. Yeah, maybe. but sort of like unaware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I won't mention any names. I know, I remember talking to like a very, someone who people think was a very dangerous climber, mm. talking about climbing with another climber who people think was really dangerous. Yeah. Who subsequently died. And, and he said he didn't want to climb with him because he was too dangerous. Right. And uh, it took too many risks. Mm. Like he would take out gear unnecessarily and things yeah. like that. And I thought it was really interesting how, yeah, some someone can be very aware of what they're of what they're doing. Mm. And the like even the Ho- the Hoover brothers, I met like Thomas Hoover last week, and he was saying about when they were like speed speed climbing Zodiac and stuff, you know, they just had like one draw yeah. with a rope locks with a club hitched into it just yeah. didn't want to even screw gear and that that's all there was between the two of them yeah and uh and they just had this, like total total confidence mm. i think when they were doing trying to when they brought the record on the nose they like there was like one wire on the great roof and that was the only thing they had so thomas was like jumaring up on this wire fixed wire and then alex was just like kind of free soloing <laughs> up with this huge loop of rope but what you don't realise is that they'd gone up there and like hammered this wire in with a hammer. Yeah, yeah. And they were 100% sure that wire was good. Yeah. And they knew that when Thomas was hanging on this Petzl carabiner, well, it wasn't a screw gear because it was weighted. It wasn't going to come undone. And so that, so the, again, it's like once you go into the, the real nitty gritty of it, mm. it looks really dangerous. But it, what it kind and of... And also you can do, you can do quite um, incredible things when you're psyched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, when you, when you actually have like something in mind and... And a project, and yeah. and you psyched. Then um, I think it, uh, like I, I felt like I noticed that this year when I was out in Yosemite, because um, last year I'd done, I'd climbed both Half Dome and El Cap in the same day. Yeah, um, a solo, solo day, yeah. both in the same day. And um, I went out this year with some solo projects and objectives, um, and I started doing like a little bit of practice and stuff. Um, and I was just like, holy crap! Like some of the stuff I did last year, like <laughs> I must have been really psyched yeah. to to have done that. And then I was just like, my God, I'm not feeling up to that yeah. any, anymore. Is that, is that then, maturity? <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Are you in love or something? Yeah. And then and then I just um, I sort of like totally 
sack those projects off. Yeah. And just um yeah, called it a day with that. How, how, um, when, when you but, did... but at the time I didn't I didn't know I didn't notice it because I was so yeah in the psyched and it and it and it. It's it amazing how you can. Awkward. I wonder yeah. if it's like you know if you were fighting like so if like a polar bear came in this room now mm. and all you had was that that knife and the, you know a knife you grab the knife yeah either, either you or the polar bear yeah like if someone said to you in, in you know. <laughs> You know, what you're going to do, you're either going to die or, or fight fight to the death and yeah. you're probably going to lose anyway. Do I have this oat milk as well? <laughs> have you ever a knife and an oat milk. Yeah. But like, as an abstract thought, you're like, but when it's really happening, you know, you you do, it's amazing when you're actually in the middle of something mm. that you look back. I, I remember, I've had times where I've just walked in the middle of the night and I thought back to things I've done as a climbing. It's just terrified me to mm. think about, like, what was I... What was you're I thinking? Like, why am I going up? Like, trying to <laughs> trying to solo the Eiger or whatever. And you look back and like, what the f- was I thinking? And like, mm. it doesn't make any sense. But in the moment, yeah, yeah, you know, so don't really, you know. I remember like trying to, I tried to solo the the Harlan on the Eiger. I remember just being stuck on this one place for about four days. All this, this just really bad weather, and then I had to like ro- fix rope, and I started jugging up the next day, and all this snow like landed on my head like a just like an avalanche of snow. And you just look back and like, what was the the anchor and everything? And you're like, you were just in this space where it becomes this normalization mm. of doing something. You kind of, you, you probably, well, they didn't die, so probably US, USA from you thought, but maybe once you're back, when you're comfortable. So when, yeah. when, you, were, when you soloed the two walls in a day, mm. and also the way you soloed, which, which one of the most amazing things you're soloing, Salathe in a day, like free, free soloing it, rope soloing. Sure. Yeah. But unfortunately, they got. You know, then Alex did his thing, but what you did was was just as impressive, really, because you had to do it three t- three times. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like, what? Where? Where were you like in a, like a mental state at that time? Like, were you like, were you happy and yeah, yeah, with your relationships all yeah. right in your life and everything <laughs> yeah. else? Or um, yeah, did you have so, any yeah. turmoil or anything? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> No, when was that? It was twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen. It was either it was either side. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had no, yeah, you had no so, one to you had no one to live for. Yeah, no, it was yeah. It was it was all good. I don't, th- I don't think that that sort of stuff. Yeah, really. Sort of. <laughs> it didn't uh, surprise me. Like, I always, I'm always interested in climbers' relationships, and whenever I talk to you about your relationships, they always have this really like practical no nonsense sort of view of it you know you never you never seem to be uh you know you know, you, I, know I know i know my wife like she had a, she had like a long-term relationship and when it broke up she had like one day where she was like totally devastated and then mm. she seemed to just get on with the rest of her life yeah but other people spend the rest of their life getting over this like one week relationship so it's yes but I, I, that often seems to play a big part in you know some people like they break up with someone and then 10 years later they're still soloing and doing crazy shit because of this right, okay. weird, yeah. you know, I guess it's a relationship with themselves, isn't it? It's not about, it's never about that thing. It's about themselves. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I never really feel like um, any of my... You don't my really, yourself. Uh, yeah, I don't really, no, definitely <laughs> not, no. no. I don't really feel like any of my relationships have like affected the climbs yeah. that I've done or made me do the climbs that I've done. Yeah. You know, even if I was in them or wasn't in them, I would have still... So not, still never gone and done the climbs that I, that I did. Like you never, you never sort of making a statement, are you? I, I think 
it's just about it's always about you. I think it's, <laughs> it's always about you. You and your selfish. You know, yeah, you're probably, do, you, yeah. but you're just doing you're just doing what you're almost like playing. It's like it's like I'm playing out. I'm going out, and I'm gonna. I want to do this. I want to do this. You're not. You're not. You're not got this like strategic goal, of like, in a way. I mean, I, yeah. You have, I, a, a, you have a personal goal. Yeah, no, I definitely have goals, but. Um, but you know, like, what will get me on the front cover of Rock and Ice? No, it's it's know? more it's more um, uh, it's more. I guess it's more about like what's gonna challenge me, you know? Because like the um, I guess the the whole thing with the crack climbing. Uh, when I first started out with that, I guess I was maybe like 17 or 18. Yeah. And uh, I guess it was just, it was really fun because I didn't know much about it. Um, and it was just challenging because I didn't know much about it. And then the sort of like learning curve is really quick. Yeah. Uh, so then you, you learn really quickly. And then like it's it's just fun and you see that learning curve and then you get better at it and then you want to carry on doing it more. But then you get to a certain point and you're like, or for me, sort of like, oh, well, I feel like I've, yeah, kind of done that now. I still yeah. really love crack climbing, but I feel like I've done a lot of it. And then I started like you know, then like started looking at big walls, and uh, and then I wanted to go big walling. And then you sort of do a few big walls, and you're like, ah, like yeah. it was challenging, but then I could just go out and do the same thing again and f- try and free some harder routes and I'll cap. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of the same as what I've just done. And sort yeah. of like, where's the challenge in that? And then that's where I got onto like rope soloing. So I was like, oh, what can I do? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, maybe I'll go rope soloing. Yeah. And then you sort of get onto that. And then again, you see that like quick learning curve. And then you, and then you do it. And then you sort of, you got attention you, deficit syndrome, I think. <laughs> and then you, and then you've done it. And then it's sort of like, and then you move on to the next thing. And last, I guess the last couple of years, I've been doing some more sort of like ice climbing and winter climbing. And again, like I started out just completely knowing absolutely bugger all. Yeah. I, I remember the, f- the first um, ice climb I did, I took one step up and ripped a massive hole in my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I've done like a little bit over over the last few years. And so again, you, do, again, you just see like the learning curve. Do you like, do you like being a novice, do you think? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. But it's, but no, well, yeah, it's, it's good to be shit at something, but then I also like being good at something. Yeah. So I like... I like to feel good at doing something and I like to do that thing to the best of my ability. Yeah. But then when I feel I've got to the best of my ability, then I guess that's when I'm sort of like always looking for yeah. for new things. Sort of like with the with the rope soloing thing. I did three years of rope soloing in different sort of challenges in Yosemite. Yeah. And then I went out with a goal this time in Yosemite and I just didn't really have the love yeah, yeah. to do it anymore. I remember thinking that I remember going to do a route on the the Dwats, like in the in the Alps. And it was like it was, I think we set off, you know, like two in the morning, and we just it was like oh, the spindle coming down. And we sat in this like bothy bag at the bottom until it got light, so we knew we were going to be able to do it. I remember just sitting there, it was fucking freezing, just thinking like there is nothing to learn doing this anymore. <laughs> like I've done this already. Like I'm not going to yeah. learn anything. Yeah. yeah. And that is that I think people do just go through the motions. Mm. They either go through the motions in everything, like in the relationships, like they have this like fit have a failed failing marriage, failing relationship, failing they do, they hate their job, they hate all these things. But they just kind of keep going on with it because that's that's what they do. That, yeah. You know, they, yeah. they're, they're they're an expert at having a shit life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing they can be good at. And but climbing's the same, like, you know what you know, these people who just say like, Oh, I'm gonna actually go into sailing. I gave up mountaineering. I got mm. into sea kayaking or sailing. Mm. Or I got into like 
environmentalism or something. I always think that shows like kind of maturity that you could just move on and not, yeah. you know, you know, you're not like an eight year old guy who's like, you know, staggering, <laughs> yeah. you know, staggering up a mountain or something. The, the sport crack. Yeah. Uh, what were you, what were you like at school? Were you academic or? or? Uh, I I wasn't um I wasn't like the cleverest person, but I was uh, but I tried really hard actually. Yeah. Uh, so I did pretty well. Were you we, like dyslexic or anything? Did you have any of these? No, things? no, no, no. no. I'd, I'd say I was just um, uh, I was I was like I was good in some subjects, more the sort of like uh, arty, designy, yeah. sporty subjects. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just like middle middle of the road or like a bit above average in the sort of academic subjects. Yeah. Uh, but I would say <clears throat> it was more through actually like trying hard. Yeah. And putting working like yeah. i did try hard at school yeah yeah uh, like i didn't i didn't how far i can get you yeah. i didn't sack it off at yeah. all yeah like i, I tried hard and like, is that through your I parents got, was your mum a teacher uh she used to be a long time ago yeah but, yeah before but still instilled something in you yeah, remember, remember yeah. like ella my daughter she was like she was one of these people where people look, they always say oh you're not very artistic your brother's really artistic or your mm. dad's artistic but you're not really art- you're like the brainy one you know you're good yeah. at maths and all kind of stuff and then when she went, it was like, you know, like halfway through like senior school, she just, she just said, I'm going to start doing art. Yeah. And she ended up getting like an A as in an A levels in art. And mm. she said, oh, it was easy. I just, I just, just tried really hard. Yeah. And she just, and I think maybe uh, you do meet people, you're, this is probably what, one way, you, why you're good at what you do is they can just look at something and they can dismantle it down yeah. and work out all its component parts mm. and what makes, what makes something good, what makes something bad. And then they just put it back together again, and they can just do it to like yeah. a certain level, yeah. you know, where it looks like they're a, a, you know really good at it, like everything's in the right place. Mm. Like I, I, that's what I did with writing. Like I used, to, I literally just used to look at a para, like how the paragraphs were set in the on the page, mm. and just look at the, the the blocks of text and think, oh, well, that's what a paragraph looks like. Yeah. And how big are they? And how do you know what I mean? Like literally, just trying to break it down yeah, to yeah, the yeah. most. Um, yeah, the most fundamental components, and then trying to build it all back up again in your mm. head. Yeah, well, I, I guess I quite like sort of um, uh, like problem an, solving. Yeah, problem solving and sort of like analyzing Syst- what system what, analysis. What, yeah, what 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 was good and what what was bad. You know, you know, if you like, you go or you rope solo route or something. Um, and like, I remember the first time I rope solo route was a total disaster, like absolute disaster. But you just and it, I guess like some people at that point would just go. Oh, what is this? And yeah, yeah. Like, I'm so give shit. up. But um, I, I think it's yeah. I I quite like it, and you sort of like learn from from what you've done, every, every and then you, you do, do it a bit better. You do it a little bit better next time. Yeah. And then it's still never perfect. Like I always think. Um, I was telling somebody recently when, uh, like we're soloing, uh, rope soloing. I think, like for for the last three years in Yosemite, I think I, I've done some of the probably made some of the worst mistakes and done some of the most <laughs> stupid things yeah. but I've also done some of the most impressive things as yeah. well in in my climbing I would say yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's quite funny like nobody can ever <laughs> nobody can ever see those nobody can ever yeah, see the yeah. carnage That's but, a good but thing nobody can ever see the brilliance either yeah. it's just <laughs> it's uh, I remember yeah, when, it's I, when I was when I was solo, when I was uh, when I tried to solo the troll wall I seem to remember you could abseil on a on a silent partner yeah, and um, and I remember setting it up, 
and then starting abseil down and it was just just wasn't working and i was like sort of going down like hardly under, under control and then i had these like russian ada things on which goes mm. on your leg one of them like got caught on a piece of gear and ended up like hanging by my leg like upside down and he's like oh my god i'm gonna fucking die and how embarrassing like what the hell was he doing up there and uh, i had it when last time i was in yosemite i had like the perfect soloing moment for a soloist in that i was you're the japanese guy who's who's free climbed the nose yes you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah i met him i met him this time yeah so we had a weird i had a weird thing in that i was on another wall next to the, the nose on um tribal right and he was he was coming up, and I was like, "Oh hi hi," and he's like, "Oh are you are you Andy?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah yeah." He's like, "Oh I read your book." <laughs> we have this like conversation, and he's like, you know, free climb, soaring up. I was like looking at how he was doing it and everything else. He was like, "Do you want to do that? You know, yeah, I've got a bit of a, a question for you." But anyway, he was he was um, he was practicing. Uh, soloing like the, the free blast or something yeah so i was we were we were coming down off the wall and i could see him up there and he had his rope like in a rope bag and he was like on the second picture he had like a really super long rope like 100 meter mm. rope or something he was like soloing along and as the end of the rope came out the rope bag he just like flipped into a crack oh, and just jammed no. his crack <laughs> and he was there like uh, uh, uh. And, I, and i was like Hang on a minute, and as he went over there, just like pulled it out. And he was like, "Oh, oh thank you." It was like the the patron saint of soloists, like, "Oh, thank you very much." Oh man! But that's that. I guess that's the Murphy's law when you solo them that that everything will always like the rope is feeding the wrong with you know through a piece of gear or mm. you know I think I was thinking why I actually, I actually had the the sole I had the rope the wrong way around, so if I'd fallen, the rope would have just gone the the end. I thought was attached to the anchor. Was attached to anything, it was the it was the wrong end. Um, so I'd fallen, the rope would have just whizzed all the way. Oh no, that was I put all all the gear oh, was on the, the rope, the rope. rope coming out of the so rope bag. Falling back to the belay. I would have taken like a factor, <laughs> factor two onto the belay. God, oh god, those those, those things that you wear coming like oh god, like oh. But then, but I think when you're writing, that's what you're always trying to avoid. Like there's part of me that thinks it's like big wall. This big wall book I wrote. It's like mm. three. It's like your copy of it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, it's, thank like, you. it's like a, it's like a, someone with ADHD has like written this like oh like a ten, you know some kind of something wrong with it. But it's so detailed, and part of me thinks that maybe that's a mistake because in learning all that stuff in that book, mm. that's how you get good at it, or you don't do something bad as you're climbing. Mm. If someone just gives you it all on the plane, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of a little bit risky. But maybe yeah. that's. But I think that's yeah. A lot of people have said like. Oh, how did you, like, how did you write this book, or how did you learn all the stuff in this book? And it's like, oh, I don't know, it's quite kind. Tried it, tried it, and see what worked and see what didn't work. Yeah, and I guess yeah. you've been climbing long enough that there wasn't there wasn't that much. It wasn't like you just go on YouTube when you were first when you were like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, there wasn't like YouTube to go on there and see like Pete Whitaker showing you how to tape up whatever. No, there was a lot process of reading books and learning and asking people. Which nowadays, so that's one of my things. Is people know more than they've ever known before, but they understand less than they've ever than they've ever known. <laughs> ever, ever understood. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there's just like so much information out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and every and it's very hard to to you know if you had a Google ranking. Mm. So if you know if you had a Google ranking for knots, you know you have like figure of eight would be like you know a top ranking, and then it would go all the way down. But people don't really know that this knot, this weird, you know. Mm. The Alpine butterfly is actually, you know, f- f- fifth in the ranking, and then everything looks like it's kind of equal. Mm. If you tie in like climbing knots, you'll see some weird 
Italian way of tying a double ball line or something, and you'll think that's just as equal, <laughs> you know. So it's yeah. So it's trying it's trying to get pe- trying to direct people towards the vanilla meat and two veg, you know, <laughs> white sliced bread <laughs> stuff. And I guess that's what again, I guess that's what what we had. We're looking at when we started climbing, we had parents who like yeah. Yeah. This is how you slice us. This is how you. This is how you put us some white bread. You know? Yeah, yeah. What about? Have you got any uh, lactose intolerant? Is <laughs> well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you go in a second. I'm funny. I look at your milk. Um, I wonder if I might have told this story already on one of my other podcasts. But we were in, we were climbing in Kenya, and my and Vanessa, Vanessa is like high maintenance. As you met, met Vanessa, high maintenance Irish woman. You know, she wants. She likes to have like a toilet and. You know, stuff like that, you know. She'll always have a Floss. And, uh, and uh, we were, like, helping this, these uh, African, this tribe of Africans, like, to get into rock climbing. And she was, um, she's always like, oh, I don't, I'm lactose intolerant, I won't drink milk and all that kind of mm. stuff. And I, I went off climbing with these guys and she went up this big mountain with all these elephants on it. Mountain, mountain elephants actually live on the, like a goat, mm. they're actually elephants that live like like on the side of a mountain. It's like really crazy. So she went up there, and the the, the guy was like walking along, and the guy was like, so he had like a guide, like an AK forty seven, and the guide was like, "Do you uh, are you hungry?" And he's like, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm hungry." So he's gonna have like a sandwich or something. And the, these guys are like super vain. Like they wear they have like a little mirror. All they have is like a blanket. It was a really nice blanket, and then they have like a belt. They have like a mirror. A little cup mm. and a mobile phone <laughs> and the guy's like oh and he just grabs his cow and he just slices a little hole in the cow squeeze out some blood and then like squeezes some milk out and then just gives it this gives it this like some oh, this blood tea she like, drinks it and i'm like really typical you know like you're always like oh no i don't have any milk and it's like so you know i don't know why i told that story but yeah, it's like, <laughs> i think i think i'm i'm, I'm lactose something i'm missing some some proper tea so i might have to oh you are now yeah, yeah so you're feeling, gonna have to... feeling a bit edgy yeah. you know like yeah from the oats yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway it's been good uh, good good to talk to yeah. you good to nice you talk to you all day yeah. or you used to go and do some pull-ups something or some I'm oh, yeah. going to do some pull-ups yeah yeah i going to do some pull-ups later actually but yeah. I, I, I just asked for a very good like what what are you climbing what was your hardest sort of sport climbing at the moment grid have you climbed um, I have climbed uh, HC plus. Yeah, yeah. You just pull your finger out there. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, do you think you could? Could you be climbing as hard as you can climb? Do you think if you put your mind to that to if, sport climbing? I guess if I fully focused on sport climbing, then I believe I could climb harder, harder <laughs> than that. But I've never really. Um, I've never really tried. I've, I've never really. I've never tried anything harder than uh, that grade. Yeah. Um, and I've never really focused. Is that easy any, now? AC plus. Is that just yeah? Like, it's, it's easy now in world standards. Yeah. 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 It's like walking yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. That's just a warm up for for this sport climbing <laughs> folk, isn't it? Um, yeah. I guess I've never really put more than a couple of months of effort into sport climbing at yeah sort of periods of time. So you think you ever will? Um, it's not. Uh, not. No, I do like sport climbing, but not not the moment. I yeah. sort of have other things um, which which I'd like to do. But and what's, your, in a, and what's your ambition? What's your future? What's your next? Things. What keeps what? What do you? What fills your mind? What fills my mind? Yeah. What do you think about um, when you're making holds? Oh, what do I think about when I'm making holds? Yeah. <laughs> Have you got like a plan? Are you working on? Um. What in terms of climbing, climbing plan? Um. Yeah, I have a I have a few trips 
Um, so I don't have much in the spring actually, but in the in in the autumn I have some trips. Um, one to sort of like greater ranges. Yeah. Um, to die. Yeah. <laughs> to, where, where are you going? Uh, to Nepal. Yeah. Yeah. It's the plan of action. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. that with? Um, with my friends Matt and John. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you must know Matt, Matt. John Helica. Oh yeah, yeah. And John Bracey, yeah. 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 So with those guys. Yeah. Uh, well, so, two two mountain guides are probably ch- charge you a fortune. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that that um I think that's some secret quite... secret objective that's got a big crack in it or something. Um well the thing the thing that we're going to do is uh, it's got a mixture between sort of like mixed climbing and rock climbing. Yeah. Um so I think it will work quite well to our skills as long as I like can actually breathe yeah <laughs> that's, get, that's my main concern I give, you, I give you my permission to go you know, <laughs> young climber you'll yeah. be safe for those guys anyway um yeah but my yeah I think that's my main sort of um thought about that I'm not too not too worried about sort of like the climbing aspect yeah because uh, I feel like well I've seen, I've, I've seen those guys climbing that like I can send I can send those guys up the sort of mixed pictures yeah and that's great and I can get on the Gmails and follow them yeah <laughs> and then they can send me up the rock pictures yeah. and that's fine and I feel very confident with that yeah but I think um I've never gone to any kind of hike before yeah um so that that could be quite interesting yeah it yeah. could be just like totally puking and it's like doing press-ups with a plastic bag on your head or yeah like um have you been to any altitude or uh only denali which is like six something yeah so six, that's quite six, high yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. six and a half but then the, but then like vanessa had never been to high altitude and she was completely fine yeah and yeah. uh i think i think a lot of it is about uh a lot of it is you is you is you misidentifying other things as altitude sickness Mm. Like the fact that you don't sleep, the fact that you're not eating enough, the fact that you're getting carbon monoxide poisoning from your stove—all these, <laughs> all these things that people like just lump them all into being high altitude sickness. You know, people like eat, you know, they're they just make loads of mistakes. Mm. You know, they don't sleep because they want to have a piss all night long because yeah. they haven't got a piss bottle or the piss yeah. bottle's too small. Or it's all these little tiny details. And I guess, <laughs> I guess with 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 John and Matt, it's one of these things that just like. Do exactly what they do all the time, you know. And, yeah. Just, just see. Oh, it's all those little things, isn't it? That people mm. do. Yeah. That I've noticed know. from climbing with um, with Matt over these last few years, he's um, he's really good and he's very uh, knowledgeable about being. Or maybe he just seems knowledgeable because I don't know anything. <laughs> but it seems like very um, knowledgeable and like uh, like comfortable, sort of comfortable, and also. Uh, cautious but like willing to go for it yeah in a way yeah yeah um, which which i quite like and yeah. i quite like about climbing with him like yeah. he's not like he's not daft no no yeah yeah seems to make uh uh good good decisions yeah I think, which, yeah because i because i've been sort of like following following he's been my sort of like partner and guide the yeah. last couple of years when we've been doing the more sort of like snow and mixed stuff yeah i don't really know that that much about all that kind of shenanigans um, <laughs> uh, but it's been yeah it's been good to see he's not yeah it's yeah and john brace is like an amazing solid character yeah i've not done um much climbing with john yeah uh, but yeah he's good like, he's good, <laughs> good i think they're a good solid team to be honest i think it's like it's, i think it's like having a you know, like a war isn't lot wasn't lost on a big battle. It's always like some little tiny thing, mm. like never enough bullets or something. <laughs> like. It's always like those little tiny details of mm. people that people. Uh, I was just, I just been listening to all these podcasts about 
Vietnam War, like all these soldiers in Vietnam, like you know, like now they're like seventy year old guys talking about it. It's really interesting the things that stopped them being killed. Yeah. With little tiny details yeah, like yeah. taking their patches off their uniforms so they couldn't tell it when they were in charge. Yeah. People went out of the patch and got shot immediately or just tiny little things that you wouldn't really like I, I always think the the way to survive as a climber is to avoid that oh shit moment where you're just like oh shit like when the rope whizzes through your belay device mm. or you you know, you just realise you're not tied in or something. Yeah. And I think the same is with mountaineering, it's it's knowing all those tiny little yeah 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 totally you know, tiny little things. I think it's like that with any sort of uh, like uh, I mean it's the same with big walling. It's like it's all the small things which make it yeah you know a bit. You try and get like, the whole bag easier. off and you clipped it with a daisy chain. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just uh, yeah like you say it's all it's all the small things which then make make the whole thing all a little bit easier. And then and then I guess there's always that there's that buffer zone of like just shit incompetence crapness chaos mm. that you can deal with because you know that's what the game that's the game like you're always like you always like on Denali this year it was like god I was like minus 50 you know we're up there and but I never ever remember being really really cold no. like Vanessa, Vanessa got frostbite but but even she didn't feel like she got ever got really really cold mm. because but really we probably were yeah but you yeah. just you just know that oh this is the this is how it feels to be somewhere it's fucking freezing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you can you can you can adjust for that, you know, but you never but you know the point where you're getting so cold you're gonna get hypothermia or you're gonna mm. you're gonna get frostbite or same on the big wall, you know when you're gonna get, you know, heat stroke or you know when mm. you're everything's going a bit out of too out of control, like everything's the ropes are super tangled yeah. up and yeah. so it's but yeah, maybe it's that thing about feeling being able to feel shit and not feeling shit about it, like you know, like I'm so shit at climbing a big wall, I just want to go back down. Yeah. yeah. But when the more walls you don't you don't be like, oh everything's fucking a disaster, but <laughs> the way it is, you know, this is the yeah. same when you're when you're sailing around the world, all the fucking ropes, just every <laughs> fucking disaster, you know. Yeah. Everything's wet in your in your you know, everything's else as well. Yeah. And what what's your second thing you were saying? You've got two things. Oh, and then um I have um another project out in your seventium uh um you know, I said I've met the Japanese guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm doing some stuff with him next year. Oh, right. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah. Well, he's, he's so like a super interesting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's nice. I did some climbing with him this year and uh, he's really psyched. And that's that's probably like, one of the best things about climbing in that you can actually hang out with really interesting mm. people. I just met him on the wall and then and then we... And then How it was cool. like And then we just... Yep, there we go. We're climbing together and then we've got a trip next... Well, yeah, next year. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's Are you like the two most humblest men in the world? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But Japanese men are, are always quite. Uh, oh yeah, they're, they're just very deferential. And they're like, very uh, humble and nice people, aren't they? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, keep keep at it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. how much is your book? How much is the book? Uh, well, you get it, you can get it on pre-order yeah. now, and it's uh, twenty quid. Are they all signed with your sausage fingers? Uh, the ones from Vertebrate are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but not the ones in America. They're a different oh, yeah. publisher. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not over in America, so I can't <laughs> sign up. You need to have them on your website. If there's some, yeah. Maybe they're shipping them out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. you squeeze all the money out of all these punters, you know. <laughs> anyway, good talking to yeah, you. Yeah, I will now and then find a property. Yeah, good. Excellent. Thanks, Andy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.